Welcome to the Waiting Warriors podcast. As loved ones of first responders and military personnel, we often face life situations and challenges that many others don't experience. And while each of us and our experiences are unique, together we can learn from one another and become stronger in this journey of life. Now let's step out of mediocrity. It's time to thrive. Hey, Waiting Warriors out there, welcome to another week on the podcast. This week, we have Ashley Wallace. She is an Army wife of 10 years. She has had three daughters, all HG pregnancies, uh, which I'm not even going to pretend to say what HG is because I will just butcher it, but it's when you get like super, super sick all the time, lots of IVs, lots of medicine just to keep food down and even more that I'm sure I don't even know about. Um, I'm sure Ashley will, will help us understand that, <laughs> that trial a little bit more. Um, and we're going to talk about communication, which I know is like the cool word to say when talking about marriage, but just kind of what it should look like. And then a common mistake that a lot of us do. And I think it's really important conversation for us to have. So welcome to the show, Ashley. Thanks friend. Um, okay. So Give us, give us a little rundown on your family. You've got three girls. Has it been easy to have three girls? You've been in the army for 10 years. You're a pro. (laughs) I don't know if I would say a pro, (laughs) but it has, we've definitely seen our challenges, um, but it's been a blessing. Um, We are definitely gung-ho army. So we love every little bitty detail about it, even though it does bring the ups and downs. Um, Mm -hmm. but yes, I am a mom of three girls. Pray for us in the teenage years. Um, (laughs) but our oldest also has uh, an autoimmune disorder called celiac disease. Um, and we did go through the HE pregnancies with each one of them. Um, but we made it. So here we are today. Just Anybody dealing with those pregnancies, just reach out to her. She like, oh my goodness. Some of the, some of the times you would talk about it on Instagram when you were pregnant last, it was like, oh, I'm really sorry. I mean, it, it definitely sucked. Um, our last pregnancy was definitely a God thing. Um, just from what we felt the Holy Spirit told us to do. Um, but It has been such a blessing to find purpose in my pain with helping so many other women just say, Hey, I've gone through it too. I get it. And just that they have someone to talk to that actually understands it because nobody out of it is going to understand. Um, it's, I mean, it's basically the same thing as like somebody that isn't a military spouse, isn't going to understand a military spouse. Right. Yeah. Which is the whole reason why we have this podcast, because we're all going through this and wondering what the heck we're doing, because none of my civilian friends have any idea, or like, you know, they try to help us, just like, yeah, you're close. Thanks for the loving thought. (laughs) (laughs) So, so let's, let's kind of dive down, um, and... Yeah, I was I was gonna give like fair warning. We're kind of talking about a slightly heavier thing today, but I think it's a really, really important thing. And I think it's a lot more common than people think about. So I know you guys have been gone through a lot. 
each of your pregnancies, like you said, have been extremely intense. You've been very, very sick going through this whole slew of things. The army has thrown everything, you know, that we all know that the army can throw at you. But let's go back like two or so years ago. What was going on? So around about two years ago, um, Rob was gone, of course, you know, because that's just what happens. And one of our daughters got really, really sick, which is our oldest one. And we went through about eight months of like in and out of the hospital of just her super, super sick with no answers. Um, in between all of that, we got, you know, PCS orders to move. So we buy a house everywhere we go because we're actually army, like active army national guard. So we don't ever live on base. Um, but we've moved every 18 months so far. So it's really fun. (laughs) Wow. But we buy a house and then sell it. So we knew, okay, we have PCS orders. We always made it a commitment that no matter where Rob goes, we go to like, even Mm -hmm. if it's an hour down the road, we go. Um, and so we got PCS orders for movement and of course he was gone. So I had to pack, you know, the house up and everything. And in the middle of that, um, the first time I took my daughter to the ER, lightning struck our house and caught it on fire. The one that we were about to sell and that, all- <laughs> um, then that, <laughs> yeah, it's really, really scary. So. Whoa. <laughs> um, but we were all safe, so it was okay. Um, I ended yeah. up taking her. That really was not on the forefront, and we're so thankful that we had church friends that, like, their husbands kind of, like, undertook it for me because I had to take one of my daughters back to the ER. And um, my, of course, Rob was gone, and, like, husbands are fixers, and he couldn't do anything to help me or be there. Cause he's usually our person that's like, no, you're going to do it this and you're going to do it this way. And I just kind of, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Um, right. And so I kind of had to learn like both transitions of being like mom and dad in the hard situations. Mm-hmm. Um, so then in the middle of her in the hospital and us still not knowing what we packed up our house and we moved and, Um, when he got back, he started at a new duty location and our move was terrible. Like just the military movers, 80% of our stuff was broken and it just like escalated more and more and more and more and more stuff. Um, so it was a fun two years. (laughs) So what, what kind of climate did that make for your marriage? Cause it, um, being completely vulnerable and honest, um, it was very, very hard. Like both of Rob and I are type A people and we both thought, okay, well, if we don't show our feelings to my spouse, I'm protecting them mm-hmm. and he's going to be fine because he doesn't know what I'm dealing with and vice versa. Like she's going to be fine because she doesn't know what I'm mentally dealing with. And so we just really like butt heads. We were not getting along at all. Like we knew that we loved each other, but there was nothing past that. Like it was just, I'm constantly angry at you. I'm constantly mad at you. 
Um, we did not know how to communicate basically. Um, Mm -hmm. and so it was just a really, really hard season of life that we had to either make the choice to thrive and push through it, or we were going to crumble. Mm -hmm. So what, like, how, how do you, how do you make that step? Like, you know, you can, you can have the acknowledgement of like, okay, this is where we are. Yeah. But then what what do you do? Like, I, I know a lot of people who say, okay, this is a point I'm at in my marriage. It's like, we are either going to have to figure our crap out mm-hmm. and figure out how to have a good marriage, or this isn't going to last. But then they sit in it. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, well, it's not getting any better. It's just yeah. not getting any better. So then it we, does, it just fails. We definitely sat in it for a while. Um, just because we were in so much mess that our lives literally could not slow down to even have a second. It was kind of when the brain shift happened for us that was like, no, no matter what is going on in our life, no matter what is the issues are, the circumstances that we are facing, they are not bigger than our marriage. And we had to like, we honestly, we had to hit a breaking point. We had to hit rock bottom and say, okay, if we do not do this, something about this now and get help or seek counsel or whatever it may be, we are going to crumble. And like, this may sound silly in a bit, but both of us are very competitive people. And that was, we, I'm from a divorced parents. Um, he is not, but he, we just made the decision, okay, this is going to be hard. It's going to be rocky. You may not agree with me on everything. I may not agree with you, but we're going to do it. And so the very first thing we did is when we moved to the new place, we saw, um, out camp council, like our church has like marriage, small groups and things. And we sought out council with that. And we mm-hmm. met with a couple and this is going to sound really, really silly, but Rob and I thought that to have a good marriage, you did not fight. You did not have <laughs> arguments. <laughs> you just agree on everything because everything is perfect. So obviously you're going <laughs> to agree on everything because that's just what makes sense. If you love each other. Exactly. You really, you're just really in love. Yeah. That's what we thought. I wished. <laughs> I, okay, so it's like, you feel like it's all silly, but honestly, like, when I get the most frustrated, it's like, because he's not understanding, or I'm not understanding him, and it's like, this is so dumb, why can't we just, like, get each other? Like, I, I totally understand that, because that's, that's kind of one of my things. It's like, no, we love each other, and we're both good people, so why can't we just understand and agree and be on the same page. And I wish. The, re- the reality is, is you're two different people. And so yeah. we talked to them and they were like, okay, first of all, y'all went through a crap ton of crap. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you haven't crumbled already is amazing. And so they just like spoke life over us. And then we had to learn a bunch of tools to make our marriage successful. And it got us out of our comfort zone. Um, We have, like, we took the you out of arguments. Like, you did this to me. You um, 
made me mad because of X, Y, Z. And like, so one of the things that I say is the story I'm telling myself is you did this to upset me. And it gives him the option to say, okay, your story's wrong. I didn't, because women are emotional. Like that's just life. And a lot of times, like he does something just to do it. There's no ulterior motive behind it. And women always think there's an ulterior motive behind it. (laughs) I mean, it's just who we are. (laughs) And so that was one of like the biggest things for us. And we also like really catered and learned what each other's love languages are and like Mm -hmm. what I needed from him and what he needed from me. Um, and we implemented like a a lot, a lot of things like, okay, he is a type of person that his, when he gets in to his feelings or he's mad, he shuts down, which we have learned talking to a lot of couples. That's what a lot of guys do. They just shut down. Like they don't want to talk about it. And for me, what I used to do that would start horrible arguments is I would pick like, just pick at him. Like, no, talk to me. No, I need you to talk to me now. And like, I would keep on and keep on and keep on and keep on. And all that was doing was fueling the fire. But at the same time, I needed him to talk to me. Right. And so, you know, it was little things that, okay, I know that you need to cool down because he doesn't want to say that something that number one is going to hurt my feelings And number two, that he doesn't need to because he says it out of anger. And we don't want to have a conversation out of anger because that's normally going to lead us nowhere. Right. And so he tells me, I need to cool down right now. And then gives me a timeline of when we will revisit it. So whether it's like, we will talk about it this afternoon. So it gives him a couple of hours. I'm okay with that because I know when we're going to talk about it versus used to, he would shut down and then we would talk two or three days later. And it was so much worse because Mm -hmm. I had just questioned everything in my head, Um, which majority of the things that I questioned were silly, but I'm in my head and he's not. Yeah. Yeah. And he's not giving you any answers. Yeah. it's super funny because first of all, super, super similar to my marriage, except for I'm your husband and you're <laughs> my husband. Like just total, totally opposite. Whereas like I, when I get emotional and like I'm upset or whatever, I, for year like my whole life, I have shut down. And then I marry this man who is a communicator and like feels loved through communication and I am not. So that has been like our, our exact journey. And, and we too, we're like, it helps him so much if he knows when, because Mm -hmm. before I would just say like, no, I I don't want to talk about this right now because I don't want to, I don't want to be angry and I'm not ready to talk and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, that is so nice. Yeah. Other thing I wanted to go back to is how you said like, you're the people you were talking to said you guys have been through a whole bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. What's so crazy to me though is I'm pretty sure 90% of the listeners though can think of a time period where they've had that crunch where it's yeah. just like thing after thing after thing. And I think it's so important for all of us to understand 
that we go through an absurd amount of things sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's absurd. And and then we're wondering like, well, why isn't my marriage perfect? <laughs> it's yeah. because you have two individuals who have been through an extreme upheaval of life or some a lot of times it's something traumatizing like trauma is mm-hmm. involved or or just anything and I think like it's so good that they were able to to breathe that life into you guys and like yeah and and give let you guys give yourself that grace I think yeah. that is such an important lesson for all of us to take out of this like we need to we need to give ourselves grace and not expect our marriage as awesome as it is to not have to process too, like, like you each process it, what you're going through as a, as a unit, we -hmm. have to process that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when we process it together, it's so different. Like for instance, um, when Willie Grace got really, really sick, he tried to be like the stone person of like, it's fine. Everything's fine. This isn't a big deal when in reality, like he was crumbling internally, but I didn't know that. And I needed to know that he thought this sucked too. And Mm -hmm. he was mad too, that the doctors weren't helping us and like all of these things. And, um, I, in my second pregnancy, I coded and he uh, never let those feelings out. And so we were able to like talk. What it I, I know what coded means, but what for the listeners? <laughs> so basically I passed out and they had to bring me back to life. Right. And were you like in labor? Yes. This was like right after I had my second child. Okay. They had to do like, I don't, I cannot tell you the exact details because I actually didn't find out till a year later. Right. Um, because you were out. Well, he, I was out and I just knew that I didn't remember anything. Like I had her at three. I didn't remember anything till like 10, 30, 11 that night mm-hmm. and nobody told me. So I was just like, oh, it was just from like the vomiting and all of that because with HG, like all of, you know, the yeah, disgustingness yeah. of that. And so when we went through this path, he was able to say like, this is one thing I need to talk about. Mm-hmm. And he said, I literally thought before my eyes that I was about to lose my wife and raise two little girls. And like, Mm -hmm. he was able to process those emotions, but it, is it sad? Yeah. But it helped me so much to know how much he cared because he didn't voice it. Um, he just thought I'm being this strong man for my wife and I, d- I dealt with it. I conquered over it when in reality, like I needed to know that, but it's also like, it's a really hard, it's vulnerable. It's hard mm-hmm. conversations, um, that you literally have to get on the bottom level and just expose every feeling or emotion that you have when you go through hard things, because the reality is we're military and we're going to go through a crap ton of hard things. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So it's like, you're, you're at this point where you're basically deciding, am I going to get divorced or am I going to keep going? And you're realizing that to keep going and to thrive, you have to be vulnerable and open in, in a, in a way that you've never been before. Like, why keep going though? 
Like, wouldn't it be easier for you personally to not have to open yourself up that way to do that work, like the work that it takes as a person, as a marriage to get through that? Like, why, why keep going? So for me, I'm someone that doesn't stop. So it, it was going to have to take him saying I'm done for me to be done. And I think that's just partially because like I came from a divorce family. And so mm-hmm. I knew how much I loved him. And I knew when I made that commitment it was for better or for worse. And right. we never like, because of like past traumas from like my childhood and stuff, it was kind of like, okay, well, if you're going to leave, then I'm just going to go ahead and push you on out. And we never got to the point where he said, I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had to figure out, you know, how to have the hard communication, how to say we're both struggling. Um, and, and, in those aspects, like it was divorce talked about. Absolutely. Um, were we ever to the place where we were like, this is going to happen. This is a decision on the table. No, we had to have the conversation and it is now in our marriage that that word will never be brought up again. Like no matter how bad it gets, divorce is not in our vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Um, that we will make it and whatever we have to do to make it like you have to make that decision that it, it it will not be in your marriage and it's not in your vocabulary because if it isn't something is going to happen and it's going to be on the back of your mind. Like your spouse needs to know no matter what happens, you're not leaving. Yeah. Um, and I want to make it very clear. We're not like talking about, you know, adultery or anything like that. Just like the hard stuff that happens in life. Yeah. And, and especially like in the military, like we talked about before, like military first responders, this lifestyle involves trauma and change and big life events and crap that just get thrown on top of each other. And that happens in every marriage. Yeah. But I feel like the, the things that happen, it's in, in my personal opinion, and I would actually be curious to see like some sort of case study or whatever, like compared to other civilian marriages, like that still go through crap, but is it ever piled on the same, you know? Yeah. It's like what you're saying. It sounds like, you know, that the crap is going to happen, but you've just decided that you're going to get through it together. Yeah. I mean, no, you are a hundred percent right. Like this past six months, we've had a lot of stuff hit us. And, um, like we just went through the buying and selling process again, cause we're about to PCS again and, um, just some other stuff like job changes. And we looked at each other and we were like, this is so much easier. And it's mm-hmm. honestly, I mean, it's silly, but it, this time around, it was so much easier because we, we have like a saying that's like, I'm on your team. Like yeah. I'm not on anybody else's team. I'm on yours. and. We also have like things that we call warning signs and, um, is to always notice the temperament of our spouse. So like if Rob comes home or he's been home for a while and he sees that I'm like flustered and angry because I mean, with three kids, it happens. He looks at me and says, did I do something? And so number one, that's giving me acknowledgement that he sees and not just like ignoring that he knows I'm upset, but it also Mm -hmm. gives me like 
immediate reason to say, no, it's not you. I'm just having a really hard time. And then he can support me in that. Um, so it's okay to show emotion that like you're angry or sad, like, but when you don't acknowledge each other's temperament, the person you're like, I automatically, he may have automatically thought I was just mad at him and then Mm -hmm. put his defense mechanisms up. Um, that I was mad at him when I really wasn't. It was just, I had a really hard day with the kids. <laughs> yeah. So. I love it. So something that you've kind of mentioned a few times, and I want to dig in deeper a little bit is that common mistake that a lot of us do and that your husband did it, but I know a lot of us wives do it sometimes. Yeah. I don't know. Like we we're trying to protect our spouse. Mm-hmm. But in protecting our spouse, that means that we're not talking about something yeah. that actually would help our marriage. So it's like we think we're protecting our marriage, but in doing so, we're actually hurting our marriage. And like your example earlier was um, that your husband talking about how he felt with you coding while you were in labor. Yeah. Like, am, I don't know. Are Do you do this? I do this. I like they're gone all the time. And when they're here, they're going through so much. Like my husband is a chaplain. He deals with a lot of just heavy, mm-hmm. heavy stuff and hard stuff. They, they have hard days. They have crazy days. And mm-hmm. so I just want to protect them from what I'm going through because I'm just little me watching kids, you know, like sometimes yeah. it, it pales in comparison or something, but also like, I don't want to add on to their day. Do you yeah. do that? Um, I used to do that really bad. Like I just, but then he was, you know, when we got into those hard conversations, now Mm -hmm. I talk about my day and he talks about his day. And if he went through something really hard, you know, I, for instance, he just had like some huge, um, team stuff at work that he had to do. A lot got put on his shoulders and he was able to send me a text and say, Hey babe, wish me luck. I'm going through this. And I sent him scripture and just like some encouragement words. And then when he got home that day, he was like, it may not seem like a lot to you, but just to have your support and and encouragement meant so much to me. And that's just something that we changed. We support each other in every little bitty thing that we do. So like hunting is so important to him. So I devote time to listening to him about how he's going to put the seed on the grass and all that. Do I really care? No, but because I've listened to him now I get excited about it with him. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the same for my young living business. Could he care less? Absolutely. But he sits there and listens to me and like encourages me and all of the things because we support each other in every little bitty thing we do, because we know if we support our spouse and what matters to us and vice versa. It just makes everything so much easier. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier, like that you've been going through stuff the last six months and you guys were just saying Mm -hmm. how much easier it is now, but can you kind of like dissect that a little bit? What, what have you seen happen differently as you communicate more openly now? Like what, what is So, so different? Some of the things that we have done, we do it as a team and we communicate through those hard things. Like 
for instance, in the middle of all of that, we were getting ready to sell our house and the air conditioner went out and it was going to be a crap ton of money. And normally I would have shut down. He would have shut down. Then we would have had a fight about who knows what, like somebody didn't unload the dishwasher or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, but this time we were able to talk and like, oh, it makes me really mad. Like, I'm so ready to be done with this. Da, 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 da. And then we were able to laugh through it together. Now, do we have certain ways that we do that now? Yes. Do we stay away from certain things because we know each other? Yes. Like for instance, with hard communication, we have a neutral place, um, to have hard communication. And for us, it's not our bedroom because like, that's a sacred place for us for intimacy. And we don't want to disrupt that. Um, we have a time when it's convenient. Like for him, I used to do it right before bedtime when he would fall asleep because my mind would be racing. And that is not the most perfect time to have a conversation. (laughs) Um, and just to make sure like when we do it, our defense walls are down. Um, so we're not ready to attack and play the blame game. Um, cause we were both good at that. Like, well, you did this to me. So you hurt my feelings. And then the next person come back, well, you did this da, 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 instead of actually listening to what the person said. Right. Another thing that I had to learn was, um, I'm a fixer. And so he would be talking and actually explaining his feelings to me. And I would interrupt him not meaning to, because I already had a reason or a way in my head to fix what he just said. Hmm. And so uh, I, in return was being disrespectful and um, interrupting him and which would make him shut down even more because it was like, okay, well, you don't really even care what I have to say. So why am I going to keep on? And so I had to learn to shut my mouth and like I, that sounds silly, but I did. Um, because nine times that (laughs) I was just going to say a lot can happen if we just stay quiet for a second. Yes. And a lot of times the fixes that I already had in my mind, he was about to tell me anyways. Mm -hmm. I just went ahead and said it for him, which is not always the best, (laughs) best thing. (laughs) So it's, we're so good at that as wives. Yes. We could just just talk for them all the time, huh? I mean, I do it for my children, so. (laughs) (laughs) And then with like certain really, really hard situations. So for instance, something may be really important to you, but not to your husband. And so we have a thing that we call like rate your feelings. And we write a number one through 10 on a piece of paper of like how much it matters to us. And then we hand it to each other. So like if he sees something as a 10 for me, but a one for him, he's like, okay, I need to kind of pay attention to this a little bit more because this really matters to her Um, and vice versa. Because like, I may not want to fight about something that I think is silly, but he may really, really want to discuss it. Yeah. So, and then we just like, I want to stress like how important it is to also do personal development to like be okay that, Hey, I suck at this. Like I am a fixer, so I don't mean to interrupt people, but I do it naturally. And so I had to realize that and I had to work on it. And as long as you're working on it, like that personal development is so good for your marriage. And then we Mm -hmm. just, 
we make sure that we schedule in dates and because we didn't do it the last year because we just had our third little girl, but we try to take at least a weekend or a week every single year. Um, that's just for me and him just to like rekindle because he's gone so much. And just mainly because in like those two hard years, he was gone for more than a half of it. So, yeah, (laughs) it's so crazy how much they're gone sometimes. Hmm. I love all of that though. I will say like, I just for the listeners, like, I totally agree with everything you're saying, but I hope the listeners don't feel like, okay, now we have to do this and we have to do this. No. And we have to do this because Ashley is doing it and that's what's working. Like, no. Talk about it. Talk about it as a couple. Like, for me, writing down a number would never, like, work. Although that probably might just be totally, like, up Austin's lane. For me, I would need to be like, this is a 10 for me. You need to understand because this is a 10 for me, but you know, like, (laughs) (laughs) yes. And like, that's what, you know, we, um, we are actually going to go, my husband and I are going live on social media next week. And we got so many questions about marriage. And that's literally the first thing that we're saying, look, we're going to tell you what we did, but please sit down and talk to your spouse and just say, Hey, what do you need? Like, what do you need for me? Like, how, how can I make sure that you feel loved every single day? And like, for me, like, that's like my number one love language is physical touch. And I know a lot of guys is that, but that's just mine. It just is what it is. Mm -hmm. And so I literally looked at him and said, as soon as you walk through the door, do not touch the girls. Touch me first. Mm Mm-hmm. And like, that sounds silly, but it shows me I am his number one priority. And so, or, or I have even told him like, this is going to sound so silly and I'm probably going to blush when I say it, but like, when you walk by me, just like slap my butt to know that you cared (laughs) about me. (laughs) So like a little slap or pinch can go a long way. I mean, seriously. Yeah. So I mean, especially if you are physical touch, but what's so funny though, is like, you keep on saying like, it sounds so silly or whatever. And Austin and I have had conversations like that too. Like, well, it sounds silly, but it's like, but nothing. That's what you need. And just kind of, I feel like when you can not own up to it, but like be open and vulnerable enough with your spouse Mm -hmm. to let them in and let them know you like that. That's when the magic happens. Absolutely. I 100% agree on that. Yeah. And you get the butt slaps and you're all giddy and happy. And <laughs> that's so good. Can life really be bad when that's happening every, every night? I know, right? And now I'm blushing. It's fine. <laughs> well, he makes fun of me so bad because if any intimacy is talked about, I start blushing and turn beet red. And he's like, don't mm-hmm. smile. And I'm like, stop. so if you're if you're like first top love language is physical touch have you ever gone to like a strong bonds or any sort of like group marriage thing where they're talking about the love languages and you have to say what yours is do you just like go beat red if you have to say that yours is not well i think it's because rob and i lead 
the love languages for marriages for small groups. So like I've gotten, I definitely the first time when we all had to like raise our hand was, Mm -hmm. Hey, if your love language is this and it's like all guys in me and I'm like, let me put my (laughs) head back down. (laughs) So I was real forward with the hand up, but then I just wanted to pull it back down real quick. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. It is what it is. Yep. And and it's you, and now that he knows you, he knows how to love on you, and you know him, and you, you know, it just it just works that way. It's so funny. Absolutely. Um, last question: What is? I know we kind of talked about, but what is your key to thriving that you want to share with your fellow waiting warriors? For us, it is open, honest, and transparent communication to always remember that you're on the same team, not opposing teams. Yeah. Love it. Perfectly summed up. Go do. There. (laughs) (laughs) Go get it. Thank you so much. Like, I, I know this is like a hard part of your history to talk about, but I, I really appreciate it. I learn so much when people um are just honest like there's the solidarity but then also like just the solid advice and things that you guys are doing that you know I can go and hopefully all the other listeners can go and talk to their spouse about like hey I heard a couple doing this do you think that would help us at all or not you know and just say do you think that would work well for us and then just see where the conversation would go I think it can Mm -hmm. work some wonders. Thank you so much, Ashley. Guys, Ashley is on Instagram. She's a fun follow. Um, like she said, she's gonna go live with her husband. So if you want to hear some more, go check it out. She is at underscore Ashley Wallace. Um, are you other places? I only other I only ever talk to you on Instagram. Are there yeah, even I'm... other social medias? I mean, I really. mean, I have <laughs> Facebook too, but I'm mostly on Instagram. Yeah. So if you want to talk about HG pregnancies, she does. I know you've like shared some like natural remedies and oils that helped you and all that kind of stuff. So if you, if you have questions about that, reach out to her. My, my main focus or like my heart is HG and autoimmune disorders. I'm also like a head admin for autoimmune sisters, which is just a huge community of women with autoimmune diseases that we help navigate because we don't want anyone to do life alone. Oh, that's so cool. I didn't know that. <laughs> that's cool. Okay, guys, I do a lot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you wear many hats. A very talented lady. Well, guys, go say thank you to Ashley. Um, I would love to hear. I know there are a lot of takeaways. There's a lot of things that you can do. I would love to hear your favorite thing um, on social media. Tag Ashley. Tag me, The Waiting Warrior. With I like Seriously, guys, it either brings tears or makes me super giddy when I hear what you guys are learning. Because um, I know it helps me, and I just I pray so hard that it's helping you guys, too. And, guys, just remember, just like Ashley has talked about today, just because it's hard doesn't mean it has to be miserable, and you guys have a great week. Thanks again, Ashley. Thank you. Hey, fellow Waiting Warriors, since I know you are loving this podcast and being able to connect and learn from others, I need you to go and write a review for the podcast. 
Even just a rating with the stars really helps people find this podcast. And the more people listening means the more people thriving, which is truly my ultimate goal for all of you. It's super simple, will just take a minute, but it will make a world of difference.